welcome to The Upward Journey, the podcast ministry of Upward Christian Fellowship in Flat Rock, North Carolina. It's been said that families are like fudge, mostly sweet with lots of nuts. If you feel like your family tree resembles that statement, then no worries. All of them do. Our families are no doubt a gift, but they're imperfect because we as humans are imperfect. Decisions we make today can affect our kids tomorrow, just like the decisions our parents made are still affecting us today. So how do we not repeat the mistakes and sins of our family's past? More than that, how do we cultivate an atmosphere of love for all of our family right now? We explore those questions and more in our series, Family Matters. Let's dive in and continue the upward journey. Well, that was fun. Oh, well, good morning, and if you haven't figured it out yet, today we are kicking off our brand new series called Family Matters. If we haven't had a chance to meet yet, uh, my name's Greg, I do serve as one of the pastors here on staff at Upward, uh, and I am filling in for Pastor Andy uh, as he and Alexa are out of town this weekend. They've been getting great reports uh, from the doctor over the last couple of weeks, and they were finally able to take that long-awaited vacation uh, this weekend, so we celebrate that. Uh, and celebrate them and celebrate what God's doing there. But I'm excited to be able to kick off our new series called Family Matters. Anybody remember that 90s TV show, uh, Family Matters? Anybody remember watching that? That was one of my favorites uh, growing up. Uh, you had this family that was based out of Chicago, and they had uh, mom and dad and the siblings that were living in the house, and you had the grandma that was there and the aunt that was there and her son. And then you had that annoying little neighbor that lived next door, Steve Urkel, who would always come around saying, did I do that? You know, stuff like that. Um, he had his moments there, and it was always the kind of the same thing that would happen in every episode, right? There was, there was a problem that kind of faced the family or members of the family, and uh, by the time that the 30 minutes was over with, there was this big resolution that took place, and everything was great, but it was always kind of the same thing, kind of this MO that was there. Uh, the TV show tried to promote this idea uh, that, that families really do matter, and we want you to know this today, that here at Upward, we believe that your family matters. Uh, That regardless of what your family looks like or regardless of what stage of life your family is in, we believe that your family matters to God and we also believe that your family matters to us as well. But we also know that uh, throughout our days and weeks and months that we are together, we also understand that there are situations, that there are matters that that arise, that that come up and and our families have to deal with as well. And so what we want to do over the next couple of weeks is take a look at a couple of those issues through through the lens of Scripture and see how we might be able to, within our families be able to respond to different situations and circumstances in a biblical way. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take a journey uh, through a particular family's line in the book of Genesis. Uh, We're going to be looking at the line of Abraham and over the next couple of weeks. Next week, uh, we get the chance to be able to look at the relationship between Abraham and his son Isaac and how uh, different uh, habits and sins get passed down from generation to generation and how we can break those. Uh, We're going to look at in our third week, we're going to look at the relationship between Isaac and his sons Jacob and Esau and how we ought to be raising our children as individuals and not allowing ourselves to compare uh, the two. And then in that final week, we're going to look at the relationship between Jacob and Esau and look at the uh, power of forgiveness and reconciliation. But today, we're going to start at the very beginning of when we are first introduced to Abraham, or as he is called at the very beginning of his story, Abram, uh, at the very beginning there before God would change his name to Abraham. So as we get started, let me ask you a question. 
You ever been trying to go somewhere and you had a situation or an individual that kind of got in the way of you getting to where you wanted to go? Just, you know, like you're trying to leave the office at about 4.55 on a Friday and you got dinner plans. And then somebody comes and knocks on the door and says, hey, can I get five minutes of your time? And that five minutes you know is really code for like 30 minutes. And uh, you're just trying to get to that steak dinner, but they won't let you go. Anybody ever had a situation uh, like that? And some of you, nope, nope. Okay, so you never get delayed. Gotcha. Okay. All right. That's okay. Um, so uh, a couple a couple of years ago, uh, my, my family and I, we came on staff here at Upford back in 2015. We moved here in April, and in May, we were still really getting used to the area, but one of the things that we loved to do was to go out and see uh, some of those outdoor things that you can only see here in Henderson County, right? And so uh, my mom and my youngest sister came to visit one weekend, and we decided that we were going to go to Looking Glass Falls. I had never been there before, and I heard just these great things about going to this particular waterfall, so we were ready to go. We were going to take my mom and my youngest sister with us, but we didn't have a vehicle that was large enough for all of us to travel together. And so we decided we were going to take two vehicles. I would drive my car and Danielle would drive her car. And so me and my mom were riding in my car and then Danielle and my youngest sister and uh, our two girls are riding with Danielle. And so we come to this intersection uh, where there's a stoplight, but we're going to turn right. But also at this stoplight is also a yield sign. But there's no lane to kind of yield into traffic. So it's one of those stops where you got to kind of look and make sure no traffic's coming. And then you can keep going, right? Well, I'm, I'm in front, and I'm kind of going there. And uh, all of a sudden, I come to that yield sign, and I'm looking. And it looks like there's traffic coming, but maybe not. And kind of, you know, it's one of those things that you really slow down to pay close attention. But then you realize you got to come to a stop. So I slowed down and ended up coming to a stop. Only problem is, is that when I came to a stop, I felt this into the back of me. And uh, man, all of a sudden, kind of, kind of checking everything out, uh, make sure I'm okay, make sure my mom's okay. And then I look up in my rearview mirror, and I, and I recognize the car that was behind me that had run into the back of me. And I won't say who the driver was, but I will tell you this, that my name was on both of the, uh, both of the titles for both vehicles, all right? And so, um, uh, wouldn't you know it that, uh, man, we did not, end up, I'll be honest with you, we did not make it to Looking Glass Falls that day. All of a sudden, at that point in time, it became, okay, checking everything out. Now, there's some damage, not necessarily to my car, but to the other car. And so, we've got to try to figure out how to get this thing back home and get it to a good body shop to get it all taken care of. Um, and you think that you've had problems talking to insurance companies from time to time? You try being the one saying, hey, there's a two-car accident and your name is on both the titles. Uh, they start to kind of question things a little bit, making sure that everything is on the up and up there. But we did not make Make it to where we wanted to go. What does that have to do with anything about our families, right? Absolutely nothing. I just want to tell that story. Uh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Here's what I believe. I absolutely 100% believe that God is taking us on a journey. And that God has a destination for you and God has a destination for your family. And he is constantly drawing us to be closer to him. But what I also know, what I also know is that sometimes there are some things that we allow into our lives that distract, derail, and even delay God's plan in our lives and in the life of our family. And the truth of the matter is, is that Abram experienced that as well. He had some different things that would pop up that would try to delay or derail God's plan for him and God's plan for his family. And he had some tough choices that he was going to have to make along the way. And I believe that same thing is true for us, that even though we're not Abram, I believe we've got some tough choices that we have to make along the way when it comes to our families and what we're going to allow to be a part of our families and what we're going to allow to influence our families. And either those things are going to draw us closer to Christ or they're going to try to delay or derail God's plans in our lives. And sometimes that means taking a look at our family. Sometimes that means taking a look at our friends and looking and seeing, recognizing the influence that they have. And why do we do that? Because your family matters. Your family matters. 
So, in Genesis chapter 11 is where we are first introduced to Abram. Abram and his family. We find out that his father was named Terah. And Abram had two brothers, Nahor and Haran. And Haran had a son named Lot. And they all lived in this land called Ur of the Chaldeans. And unfortunately, while living there, Abram's brother Haran, he ends up passing away. And it's shortly thereafter that, that Terah, the grandfather, decides to move the family. And so he gets Abram and Abram's wife and Lot, and he gathers them all together and he calls for them to leave. And so they start headed toward the land of Canaan. But for some odd reason, they stop into a city called Haran. And that's where they live and that's where they camp out for some time. And then it's there in Genesis chapter 12 that God speaks to Abram for the very first time. And here's what God says in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. The Lord had said to Abram, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. God gives Abram this amazing promise, right? This, uh, this amazing blessing for him and his family and his descendants. And he, all Abram has to do is one thing. He just has to do something, this one thing. And that is he has to leave. He has to leave his country. He has to leave his people. He has to leave his father's household. He has to leave everything that he has known, everything that is familiar to him, he has to leave it behind. And if you're anything like me, you start to ask the question, why? Why, why would God ask Abram to do that? Why would God ask Abram to walk away from everything that he's ever known? Why would he ask him to walk away from family and friends? Why would he ask him to walk away from his father? Now think in Joshua chapter 24, we begin to get the answer. In Joshua 24, Joshua is talking to the Israelites, and here's what he says in verse 2. Long ago, your forefathers, including Terah, the father of Abraham, and Nahor, lived beyond the river and worshipped other gods. When God spoke to Abram in Genesis chapter 12, Abram had never heard of this God. He had never heard about the, about the God who had created the heavens and the earth. He had never heard of Yahweh. He had never heard of this individual because his entire life, all of his family, they had worshipped other gods. They had worshipped false gods. They had all these other little gods. They had a, they had a little god for war. They had a little god uh, for, for, to be able for family. They had a little god for healing. They had a little god for every little thing. And so all of a sudden, the one true God, the God who was known as Yahweh, speaks to him for the very first time and tells him to walk away from everything. You see, he and his family had worshipped other gods. So when God tells Abram to leave behind everything and everyone, he was calling him to leave behind his old gods and his past. And God knew that in order for Abram and his family to go where God was calling them, they could not do that with the people they were currently surrounded by. You see, God was calling for Abram and his family to be set apart. He was telling Abram to be set apart from other gods and old values and old priorities and to be separate for the one true God. And even though you and I are not Abram, I believe that same thing is true for us today, that God has called our families to be set apart, to live differently than the culture and the world around us. That's where God is calling us to walk away from our past, to walk away from our, walk away from our sins, to walk away from an old lifestyle, to walk away from the old idols and, and set apart our families towards the one true God. To live and to lead our families so that we honor and serve and love Him in everything that we do. I believe that later on in that 24th chapter of Joshua, that Joshua sums it up perfectly for us in verse 15. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. 
Would you prefer the gods of your ancestors who served, who they served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the God of the Amorites on whose land you live now? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. You see, if we're choosing to follow Christ, if we're choosing for our families to be set apart, then that means that our lives are going to look a little bit differently. That we're going to be set apart in the way that we love our spouses. We're going to be set apart in the way that we parent our children. We're going to be set apart in the way that we treat people. Set apart in the way that we speak to others. Set apart in the way that we treat our work. Set apart in the way that we spend our money. Set apart in our standards and our values. That we're set apart not because we're better, but because of who we're living for. See, we're not living for ourselves, but we are living for Christ. And so Abram gets this massive calling. Walk away from everything. Let your family be set apart. It's the same thing that we're supposed to do is to be, have our families be set apart to be different. And before we get too excited right now, <laughs> start cheering, yeah, that's, that, that's exactly what we're supposed to do. We also need to understand the magnitude of what was being asked of Abram. For his family to be set apart, for him to walk away, this was a huge ask. It wasn't something that was simple. It wasn't something that was easy. You see, a Abram was not some uncouth nomad who, with nothing to lose, he has money, he has possessions. He has a family that he is extremely close to. Abram was called to make a break with the past, to leave the land and the heritage of his father's family. You see, maintaining close ties with his father's family is a, is a little bit different than probably what we can wrap our heads around now in this time period. It, made a, it was a whole lot of a bigger deal back then. You see, in ancient East, it was through belonging to one's family that a person had identity and security. See, as long as Abram stayed close to his father, Terah, and as long as he stayed close to everything that came with his father, Terah, he would always have security. He would always be taken care of. He would always be protected. There was nothing he would ever have to worry about because he always had uh, his father's family and everything that came along with that. He had his identity and his security wrapped up in his father's name. Yet the separation was the very thing that Abram was called to do. You see, his mission was no longer to carry on his father's name. It was no longer to stay connected with his earthly father, but now his heavenly father was calling him to step away and to begin to depend on him for his identity and his security. To make this move, Abram would be, have to be willing to surrender his family's identity and security to God. You see, when we are set apart, we are making the decision that our family's identity and security will be found in Christ not in anything that we can do, or not in anything that we can provide. You see, it ends up not being about our name, but it's about his name. It's not in how much money we earn, it's about what he gave. It's not about what we can do, it's about what he did. It's not about our plans, but it's about his promises. You see, when we make the decision for our families to be set apart, we are saying that our family's identity and security are found in Christ, and we build our lives on that premise that we are his, and he provides for every need. That's the choice that Abram was forced to make. That's the choice that we are forced to make. And so Abram is sitting there with this, with this idea and this thought and this calling that's placed upon his life that he's supposed to walk away and leave everything behind and go into a land that he doesn't know, to a place that he's never been. And remarkably, Abram follows the instructions. Almost. Almost. You ever been there? <laughs> I follow the instructions. Almost. Genesis chapter 12, verse 4. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed, 
and Lot went with him. Abram had heard God's command, and he did what God had said almost perfectly. Abram was to leave his relatives and his father's family. And he left them all, but for some reason decided to take along his nephew, Lot. You ever, you ever done that before where I partially obeyed something? You know, God, you know if I, I did m- the mostly what I was supposed to do in that. Like when you were a kid, uh, mom or dad walks into the bedroom and says, all right, I want to see this room clean. And so you jump in there and you push everything up underneath the bed or everything into the closet. And you come out five minutes later, it's clean, it's clean. Never did that, just me. Okay, that's all right. Um, or, or, maybe, or maybe you started off this year like you were going to, you know, hey, I got, my, I got my New Year's resolution. I'm going to try to get in shape this year. I'm going to really try to work out. And so I got my workout plan. I got my healthy eating plan. I'm ready to go, right? And so I go to the gym and I pump iron hard for an hour. I'm all sweaty. I'm feeling good. And then all of a sudden, just because Planet Fitness is right next door to Ingles, I walk inside there and get me a two-liter Mountain Dew and four Snickers bars. I'm healthy. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. So I know it's not just me on that. We partially, all right, yeah. <laughs> we partially obey, right? We know what it means to partially obey. You ever partially obeyed God? Hey, I'm supposed to stay away from that temptation. I do that most of the time. Hey, I, need, I, I want us to spend some time together. God's saying, hey, I want to spend time together. Let's, let's, let's dive into the word, you know, daily. I do that most of the time. There's a reason that God desires for complete obedience, and that's because he knows what's on the backside of that full obedience there. He knows the the joy that can come through that full obedience. He knows the safety and the protection that's there on that full obedience. He also knows the destruction and the hardship that can come when we choose to only partially obey, right? And for this reason, and for this particular case right here, he knew what was on the backside of Lot coming along with Abram. And And here's the premise of it. You see, for Abram and for us today, I believe it's true for us today, not everyone can or is willing to go where God is calling your family. Not everyone can or is willing to go where God is calling your family. Lot wasn't supposed to go with Abram. One scholar said it this way, Lot would, be, would not be a blessing to Abram. He would be nothing but trouble and an inconvenience. You see, when Lot came along with Abram, he was bringing along certain influences into the family that God was trying to remove from Abram's family. And you and I, we must be careful about who we allow into the journey with our families. We must be careful about who we allow to influence us and who we allow to influence our families. We must be careful about who we are allowing to speak into our families because not everyone is going in the same direction. Why, wasn't Lot una- why was Lot unable to go where God was calling Abram's family? You see, you may already know this, but during that time period, names seem to have a whole lot more value and a whole lot more importance than they do today. Today, we like to do things like open up a baby book and read through and find a name that we really, really like. And, it, and because it sounds good or it has the right rhythm to it and goes well with our last name, that's the, kind of the, that's the name that we go with, right? And then they're stuck with it for the rest of their life, right? I mean, that's, that's what we like to do, right? But for this time period, they chose names that had uh, a, a lot of meaning that went to it. And oftentimes, it would also be a, a little bit of a name and a prophecy that the, that the children would end up living up to one way or the other. And so you take a look at Lot's name. And what we find and what we discover is that the Hebrew word uh, Lot meant the word meant covering. And then you get down to the root word of it as well, and it would end up meaning closely wrapped or enveloped. And if you get down and you study a little bit further to find the origin of it, you find that it has the definition of secrecy. So it may mean something like this, that Lot's name meant to be wrapped in secrecy. So if you go a little bit further, maybe we kind of do a little bit of a uh, read that sentence again. 
So what we may say is that Lot went with Abram. What if we said it this way? Wrapped in secrecy went with Abram. Secrets are powerful. And I'm not talking about the little secret surprise that we keep away because we don't want anybody to find out what they're going to get for their birthday or for Christmas, right? Talking about the secrets that we do everything we possibly can to cover up because we desperately don't want anybody to find out. As Lot was going with Abram, there were some secrets that were going to end up having to be uncovered as well. We must be very careful about what we try to hide in secrecy or what we try to cover up. You see, it's the secrets, it's the things that we don't talk about that tend to be the things that destroy individuals, that destroy careers, that destroy homes, that destroy families. And so many individuals, so many families, we try to cover up the stuff that we don't want anybody to know about. We try to cover up the things that we're ashamed of. We try to cover up the things that we're guilty of. We try to hold on to our family secrets and hope that no one ever knows. We try to cover it up so that people don't find out about it. We try to cover it up so that the people in our small group and our connect group don't find out about it. We try to cover it up so that the church doesn't find out about it. And yes, even times we try to cover it up so that maybe hopefully crossing our fingers that God won't find out about it. But secrets, whether we want them to or not, they always have a way of coming to light. And we try to drive them down deep and, they, and we hold on to them and they drive a wedge between us and other people. It makes us paranoid. But Matthew chapter 10, verse 26. For the time is coming when everything that is covered will be revealed. All that is secret will be made known to all. And perhaps today, for you and for me in the next few moments, the thing that God wants to uncover for us are some of the qualities of the wrong influences in our families today. And that's important to know. And the reason it's important to know is because the wrong influence can delay God's blessing in your family. The wrong influences can delay God's blessings in your family. Listen to this. Okay, we've read this already, but I just want to kind of pay attention to this. Listen closely. Genesis chapter 12, verse 2. Here's what God says to Abram. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous. You will be a blessing to others. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. That's verse 2. Verse 4, Abram takes Lot with him. Verse 7, the next time God speaks to Abram, here's what he says. Abram had taken Lot with him to Canaan, and then the Lord said, I will give this land to your descendants. It was no longer you, but it was your. I'm not going to get, now the blessing is no longer yours. It's not coming to you. It'll come to your children. The blessing's still coming, but now you're not going to get to benefit from it. The blessing is no longer coming to you. It's coming to your family. It's coming to your children. So I'm not removing the blessing, but I am delaying the blessing. The blessing was supposed to be for Abram as well. But because he chose to take along the wrong influence, the blessing was being delayed. It was no longer going to be Abram, but now his descendants. You see, when we invite the wrong people on the journey, it can delay God's blessings into our families and into our lives. We can end up derailing God's plan because we've taken along the wrong influences. Does that mean that God's punishing us? Not necessarily. But it does mean that we're inviting unwanted and unnecessary hardship into our lives. Anybody got anybody in their life that, you know, they just have to learn things the hard way? Anybody, anybody got some people like that? And you're like, hey, no matter how much good advice they receive, you know they're just going to do it the way that they want to do it. How many of you are those people? 
You know what I mean? You know, hey, yeah, come on, let's be honest. Confession time right now. I'm that way. It doesn't matter. You know, I can get really good advice, and, and I'm still going to do it the way that I want to. Prime example, okay? Um, when Daniel and I first got married, we were been married a, a little less than a year. We got the greatest dog in the world to be our baby, man. It was a full-blooded German shepherd pup, and uh, we named her Jasmine. Guys, I'm telling you right now, that was the greatest dog ever. Uh, I, I'd put that dog up against anybody else's dog ever, man. She did everything that she was taught to do. I mean, she had to, she would go anywhere with you. She was always right there beside of you. She was loving. She would also attack when you needed her to. I mean, it was fantastic, all right? I mean, she was awesome, uh, you know, and then it was, you know, we had her for a long time, and then a couple years ago, she ends up passing away. Horrible moment, and then... Um, and then we get this, you know, you guys know that I've got this new dog that we've had for a couple of years now. I've talked about this dog before because, you know, it's a pain in the rear. But that's okay, all right? Um, that's, that's okay. I mean, my, my, my wife and my kids, they love this dog. Um, and so when we got the dog, Daniel said, hey, what you really need to do is, 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 is let somebody else come in and, and, and train this dog. Because you're not going to be able to spend the time that you did with the last one. And, uh, you know, we really want her to be obedient. really want her to be a great family dog as well. So let's really, get, let's take her somewhere and let somebody else help train her. No, 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 no. not paying anybody to do anything that I know that I can do myself, right? Now, thank you. See, you know what I'm talking about, all right? Man, some people are getting set free this morning right now. I can feel it, all right? But here's the deal, all right? Two years later, man, that dog don't listen to a word I say. I mean, not a word. I'll tell that dog to go away and he comes closer, all right? I tell that dog to sit and he jumps, all right? I mean, that's just the way that it is, right? And if I, here's the deal. Husbands, pay attention right here. Here's a really important lesson. If I had just listened to my wife, I wouldn't be in this situation, right? And uh, See, I know, I know, I know. It, it, it hurt coming out of my mouth, all right? I'm just telling you, it, it hurt. It hurt coming out. But I had to learn things the hard way. I, would, I could have saved myself some unnecessary pain, some unnecessary hardship, some unnecessary stress if I had just taken the advice of wise counsel. And I believe the same thing happens here as well. If we would just pay attention to what God's telling us. If we would pay attention to and, uh, the influences that are surrounding us and the influences that are speaking into our families, I believe that we can save ourselves some unnecessary hardship and some pain and some heartbreak. Lot caused some of those hardships for Abram. So looking at Abram's experience with Lot, what can we see about the wrong influences in our families? First thing is this, the wrong influences that cause unnecessary drama. The wrong influences that cause unnecessary drama. So we jump to chapter 13 in Genesis, and what we find out is that Abram and Lot, man, both of their, both of their uh, livestock, uh, everything's, kinda, everything's growing, God's blessing. And so, man, both of them, their hired hands and their livestock have both grown. But what they've got now is they've got this problem, because what happens is, is that the hired hands are now into this massive disagreement, basically over grazing rights, which makes no sense, because you've got all of this wide open space and all of this land, but they're trying to raise the livestock in the exact same place, because they weren't supposed to be together in the first place, Right? Lot wasn't supposed to be there, okay? So now they're trying to fight over this land right here. The hired hands are going at it, and now Abram's got to step in and, and try to figure out how to solve this particular issue because the wrong influences are causing an unnecessary argument, causing unnecessary drama. The wrong influences continue to cause drama and stress in our lives. Don't raise your hand, but you got some people like that, that there's always drama surrounding them. They're always trying to suck you in to that drama, that the drama is causing you stress, here's the question I want to ask. What impact is that having on your family? What impact is that having on your family? The wrong influences, they cause unnecessary drama. The wrong influences will pull you into the wrong battles. 
You see, to settle the dispute, what happens is, is that Abram allows Lot to choose. He says, look out there into the land, man. We've got to go our separate ways right now. And so I'm going to let you choose the area that you're going to go to. It doesn't matter to me which direction that you go. But I want you to look out and I want you to find the land that you want to go to. You go that way and I'm going to go the opposite way. And so what Lot does is he looks out into the area. He finds the place that he feels like is the most beautiful, going to be the most productive for him and his family to be able to go and to raise and to grow. And so he says, hey, I'm going to go, I'm going to go in this direction over here. And we find out later on that that's going to be the area of Sodom. And so he ends up going left, and so uh, Abram goes right. Well, and then the next chapter, in Genesis chapter 14, we find that Abram, not Abram, I'm sorry, we find that Lot ends up getting captured by four kings. And so he has to be rescued. He can't get his way out. He has to end up being rescued. And Abram is the one who has to step up and rescue him. So Abram, along with 318 fighting men, they go and they rescue Lot. This wasn't Abram's battle to fight. But he loved and he cared about Lot because Lot was family. And so he stepped in. Guys, we have battles to fight. And there are battles worth fighting. And the Apostle Paul tells us what those battles are. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. In other words, guys, our battles are spiritual battles. And we cannot waste time fighting the wrong battles. We cannot waste time allowing ourselves to get pulled into battles that do not matter. We can't allow ourselves to be drawn into battles with people because people are not the enemy. People are not the enemy. People who vote differently than us are not the enemy. People who choose to wear a mask or don't wear a mask are not the enemy. People who choose to get a vaccine or not get a vaccine are not the enemy. People who are of a different color are not the enemy. People who struggle with different sins than us are not the enemy. Because people are not the enemy. We are told very plainly who our enemy is. We have a spiritual enemy who has a mission to steal, kill, and destroy. That is our enemy. Not the people that we are supposed to show and share the love of Christ with. And the wrong influences will try to pull us into the wrong battles. Got some people like that in our lives that are trying to pull us into the wrong battles. What impact is that having on our families? The wrong influences as well are always looking back. After Abram rescues Lot and gives him back everything that the kings had taken from him, what does Lot do? He goes right back to Sodom. It is there that he would get caught up in the sins that would eventually lead to the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. Lot could never seem to get away from looking back at where he was. He could never seem to get, back, uh, to get back away from looking at the way things used to be. And the wrong influences, man, they're always looking back. And it's not just that, but they're always going to want you to look back with them. To look back at the past. To look back at who you used to be. To look back at the, at the sins that we used to be involved with or the struggles that we used to have. To look back at failures and to look back at sin. But the right influences... They seem to always have their eyes looking forward. Proverbs 4.25, look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. You see, the right influences, they're always going to have their eyes looking forward, focusing in on where God's taking them and where God's taking you. 
the right influences. They're going to be the ones that are encouraging you in your relationship with Christ, encouraging you to seek after Him. They're going to be the ones that, that step into the gap and help pray for you when you need it. The right influences are the ones that help to hold you up when you can't hold yourself up anymore. The right influences are going to keep their eyes focused ahead while the wrong influences are constantly looking back. The wrong influences, they, they're there. They cause unnecessary drama, pull us into the wrong battles, and are constantly looking back. So what do we do? Well, we must develop the right boundaries for who is influencing our families. And I know what happens when we start talking about boundaries. It immediately starts going, okay, well, these are all the things that I can't do. And we kind of have a negative view of boundaries. But think about how, how, how amazing boundaries are. So we have boundaries for, we have land boundaries that let us know where our land ends and our neighbor's land begins. We have boundaries on the road that let us know, hey, which lane we're supposed to stay in so that we can avoid an accident later on. We have boundaries on an athletic, on an athletic field to let us know where the playing area is. Boundaries are actually a really good thing. I mentioned to you earlier that we've loved going around and seeing some of the things that you can only see in Henderson County, right? One of our favorite places to go, uh, and we love to take when family and friends come in from out of town, is Jump Off Rock. Um, it's one of the first places that we actually went and saw when we came up here. It's one of the first places that, uh, that Pastor Andy and Alexa took us to uh, when we, uh, we were coming up and trying to figure out if we were going to move here or not. And uh, a matter of fact, I think I've got a picture uh, uh, up there of Jump Off Rock of our kids there. So back in October, uh, my sister and her kids, they came uh, for a visit for the weekend. And we took them to Jump Off Rock. That's my daughters there on the, on the left. And then my nephews are there on the right. And so, man, just an awesome view that's back there as well. That's why we love going to that place. But I want you to notice what's immediately behind them. There is a guardrail that's there. And that guardrail is a safety measure that's been put into place to let you know, don't go any further than this place right here. Because if you go beyond this, you could slip, you could fall, and when you fall, it could cause pain, it could cause hurt, it could cause damage, it can even cause death. And you see, I believe that when we put boundaries and guardrails in place when it comes to who's influencing our families, we too can prevent damage and pain and destruction that comes along with our families as well. So some questions maybe we need to think about when it comes to setting up some healthy boundaries for who's going to influence our families. Do we have the same foundation? Are our lives built on the same thing? Do we hold the same values? Are, are, all, are our families both built on those same relationships? Are we going in the same direction? Is God calling us to go into the same direction? Are we moving, moving that same way? Are we both moving towards becoming more like Christ? Are we fighting the same battles? And inevitably, when we start going through this and we start setting up some healthy boundaries, we're going to find some individuals, we're going to find some people that may, that may be outside of, that, of those boundaries. Can I say this to you? That doesn't make them bad people. That doesn't make them the enemy. We've already established that, that's, that people are not the enemy, right? It just may mean that we're going in different directions. And so what do we do when we realize that hey, we've got some people in our lives that maybe we need to begin to try to limit their influence? We're going to do this the right way. We're going we're gonna to begin to do this the right way. Remember when Abram decided that it was time for him and Lot to go their separate ways? He went to Lot and he said this, hey, we're family. We're family. In order for us to salvage the relationship, it's not good for us to be this close anymore. And, and so what we need to do is we need to go our separate directions. And so I'm going to let you choose where you go. You go anywhere that you want to go, and that's going to be okay with me. But I want you to know this because we see it happen in the very next chapter. You ever need anything, I'm going to be there for you. And we need to be able to establish and say that same thing. Hey, we may not be going in the same direction anymore, but I want you to know this, that, that anytime you need anything, I'm going to be there for you. 
Sometimes setting up some healthy boundaries requires us to have some tough, authentic conversations. And it may mean that we need to have those tough decisions that we got to make, but it's important to do. Why? Because our families matter. God's calling our families to live different, to hold on to the things that he says are important. Not everyone's going to understand, and not everyone's going to go along that same path. And that's okay. But maybe it's time for us to take some inventory and start setting some boundaries in our families. That may mean that some family members won't go along with you. It may mean that some old friendships won't be able to go with you as well. You don't have to, nor should you, cast them aside. But it does mean that we need to limit their influence. Why is that important? Because your family matters enough to recognize and to choose the influences that are going to be there. Because every single one of us want the right influences that are influencing our families to help us to become who God is calling us to be. God has a plan for your family. Don't allow the wrong influences to derail that plan, to delay his blessings. God's calling us to set some boundaries. And I believe that as we set those boundaries, we're going to see God do some amazing things in our families. Would you pray with me? Father, we love you today. And we thank you for who you are. We thank you for the words that you speak to us. God, we thank you for the families that you've given us. Father, I pray that as we are starting this series, that first of all, that we would recognize how important our families are to you. And that God, that you have given us these families. You could have given us any family, but you gave us this family. questions, that will ask the tough questions, that will set some healthy boundaries so that we make sure that those that are influencing us are influencing us in a way that's drawing us to you. Help us to recognize God even if, even if we have some of those influences that don't need to be there. Help us to be able to have those conversations and have those conversations well. God, I need you now. Never been more real than perhaps it is today. And so we want to pray uh, for you and pray for your situation. So many, but there's one in particular specifically that I want to mention to you in case you haven't already heard. Uh, Pastor Leanne is a big part of our family here as well. And you know we've been praying uh, for her and praying for her mom for the last several weeks. Uh, on Friday, uh, Pastor Leanne's mom got her promotion into heaven. And so, uh, man, we... Uh, celebrate knowing where she's at, but we also know that Pastor Leanne and her family, they're, they're hurting as well today. And so we want to lift them up and we want to pray specifically for them uh, that God would continue 
ask that you would continue to pray for Pastor Leanne and her family as well today as we pray. So if you would, bow your heads with me as I pray for you and pray for Leanne. Father, we need you now. Those words seem very applicable and real in this moment right now. Father, we pray for so many across our church family that are hurting and need a special touch from you step in, intervene, they need for you to bring about healing, they need for you to restore relationships, they need for you to bring peace, God, I pray that you would do that right now, even as we're praying, that you would do that now, Father, we pray for Pastor Leanne's family, pray for her, God, that you would just be that peace that passes all understanding, God, that you would bring comfort, that you bring about healing, that you would bring about wholeness into them, God, they are at peace in knowing where she is today knowing that she is rejoicing in you, but that doesn't mean that we don't hurt you. So, Father, I just pray, God, that you would comfort them in their hurts. Father, I thank you, God, that we can call upon your name, trust, and know that you hear our prayers. And, Father, now, I commission your people with joy. With joy that is not able to be explained to anyone. Joy that regardless of the situation, regardless of the circumstance, God, we experience your joy that allows us to show your care and your love to everyone that we come in contact with. God, I pray for this to be the most joyful week that we've ever experienced before, where we see you move, where we see you work, and we sense and we feel your presence in our lives. Allow us to share that with everyone that we come into contact with today and this week. Father, we love you. For it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks so much for being here today. It's been a great day. Look forward to seeing you next week as Pastor Andy will be back with week two of Family Matters. God bless you. Love you. Have a great week.
Thanks so much for listening to this week's Upward Journey. If you would like to find out more about Upward Christian Fellowship in Flat Rock, North Carolina, you can look up our website at ucf.cc or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Upward Christian Fellowship. We invite you to join us next week as we continue the Upward Journey.